hey, um, for some reason recently I've been on this spur to create as much content as possible. I don't know why. Um, I feel like it's sort of like me trying to fill this space left because I can't stream right now. Um, I'm knowing full well a lot of people are not going to see this stuff. I'm not promoting it or anything like that. Um, but I've been doing like little animations. Um, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, I haven't animated in forever, but I just recently remembered that Photoshop has an animation feature and um, I try to figure out how to get that set up. So I've been using that. I've been, I've got like this little pencil, like a little like digital pen that came with my computer. It's actually kind of neat. I'm not gonna lie, I like it a lot. It works really well. Although I broke it a while ago. Um, <laughs> it works. Uh, but I've been doing a little bit of that. Uh, I haven't been streaming as sad as that is because I've been more focused on school and scout stuff because you know God knows <laughs> that's important it is it is I, I laugh but it is it really is so I'm glad I'm getting on that finally um, when summer opens back up I should be able to get back on uh, streaming that'll be good but I'm also gonna have to do a bunch of scout work but regardless regardless um, I wanted to talk to you guys about, uh, I guess, dreams, right? Uh, I know dreams is a pretty well-discussed topic, but the best part about it is that everybody has different dreams. Of course, you can have similar dreams, but everybody's going to have their own. And I have one dream. I used to write them down in my phone. Uh, I haven't done that in a while. I really should get back into that. I feel like that'd be kind of interesting because I do have some really weird dreams. I've noticed that um, dreams really are the weirdest for me after I've like woken up and decided to go back to sleep. Like if it's the weekend and my body clock wakes me up around 7 or 8 uh, and I'm like, oh, it's the weekend. I want to sleep until noon. So I go back to sleep that's when the weird dreams will kick in like i'll just have like these crazy out of nowhere stuff because typically during the night i don't dream that's been a thing for a lot of my life i just don't dream that much but whenever i have a situation like the weekends where i sleep in i dream like crazy oh my gosh it's like every single time i have something going on well i have this dream from I think August of last year, 2020, uh, I put it in my notes and I labeled it Escape Artist, right? <laughs> uh, uh, this is a story of a dream that I had a long time ago. I actually, I haven't read over this, so I don't know if there's anything that I'm going to want myself to leave out, but I'll, f I'll figure that out. I'll figure that out. Um, but I, yeah, I haven't read this since I wrote it down you know, like almost a year ago. So let's let's see what this says. Uh, it starts off with one of my friends, and it says that uh, Chase and I were walking near this wood line where we met another boy that was our age. So I guess we're just like, uh, so Chase is one of my good friends. He and I are both in Boy Scouts together. And so I guess this, this, this dream did take place on a camp out, like a Boy Scout camp out. Um, he tricked us into following him into a location where we were ambushed, cuffed, blindfolded, and moved by truck to a massive, pastel-colored, toy-looking complex-like building. I, I remember the building, like what the hallways looked like, very vividly. Um, I don't remember seeing the outside of it, but as soon as we got inside, I can remember that pretty well. Um, Chase and I were unloaded into a group of kids where we saw the group's leader like th this group's leader system like this this strange group that's kidnapped us we got to meet them i never saw chase after this point that's what it says <laughs> they were currently in the process of murdering every person that wasn't making their way in the circle to show power i guess they were establishing fear i was standing next to Caden, which is another kid from my boy scout troop when a little boy fell out of the circle and began tying his shoe 
just then, without hesitation, one of the men came up and snapped his neck. <laughs> this is very graphic. I don't know why. <laughs> this is what I was thinking about. We were then told that the next thing we were doing was going to a field where cars passed through regularly to see if anybody would try and escape through a car. Hmm. I do remember that. I do remember that. I haven't thought about this in so long, but I do remember that. We were escorted to a field. Um, it was like a crossy road game, and we had to cross from one side to the other. Um, and uh, I don't know if they, I don't think they mentioned that they were checking our loyalty or whatever. I think I just kind of inferred that in the moment, and so I wrote it down. Um, the kids rushed to the bathroom which was an insanely complex system of rooms with multicolored appliances, either to talk between themselves or to use the bathroom. I remember this. It kept on, like, looping in on itself. You go around a corner, and there's a whole other section of, of like, of stalls, and there's, like, a shower system at some point, and they were all multicolored. While in there, I told Caden about a method I would use to alert the authorities about our situation. I would type in bold letters, call the police on my phone, and would show it up to a car window as I passed by. Honestly, not a bad plan. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that would work. I mean, I don't, I guess I assumed that the cars weren't working with the people. They just kind of assumed that we weren't going to do anything. Just then, a staff member that happened to be in the shower... Uh, and looking over my shoulder cleared her throat. Uh, she walked me and Caden to the main office, where we were met with a council of upper-ranking people. I remember this. Um, I think she was like this red-haired girl, and we were Caden and I were like I guess standing next to a shower spout. Um, and I was telling him this plan, and she, she I guess she came up and she was like, "Hmm, what are you two doing?" <laughs> um, the lady told the people what my plan was, and the people began a serious talk to the both of us about compliance and obedience. I wish I remember what they said. <laughs> they then asked if this was both of our ideas, and I interjected and said no, that this was entirely my idea, and I was showing Caden. Then they asked Caden if he had agreed to follow through with his plan. Caden started to say yes, but I cut him off and said no, no, he hadn't agreed to follow through. Hmm, okay, I was taking the fall for this kid. They then brought in a woman with a knife who indiscriminately chose one of us, Caden. Oh, and began cutting shallow slits into his stomach. Oh, this is really bad. Oh, gosh, that's terrifying. I forgot about this. I remember it, though. She cut four slits, and Caden cried in pain. She then moved to me and began cutting into me. This is rough. Like, this is genuinely rough. This is like some sort of interrogation tactic thing, I suppose. I decided to cry extra hard in the start in an effort to not have her cut nearly as much, but she saw through my efforts and continued to cut four new slits into my stomach. Gosh, that is truly terrifying uh <laughs> that's a strategy i actually used a lot in the past i would uh i would act like i was way more upset or like hurt by something in order to get the people that were trying to like attack me or whatever or like get on to me uh to loosen up a little bit like oh we're, we're doing our job here i used to do that in in eighth grade, I went to this, uh, my science class, and um, <laughs> my middle school, the one that I went to in eighth grade, had this had this system where they would take tickets, right? Um, <laughs> they would take, at the beginning of the year, you'd be given, like, this, this sheet that had, like, nine or so tickets on it, which, like, these little, like, squares uh, on this paper. And it had information, like it had like, it had, it had like a, a couple lines and some spaces to put like your name, the teacher's name, and the reason it got taken. Um, I remember it being such a big deal. Like if you got like four tickets taken, they'd call your parents. If you got something, something, it just escalated depending on how many tickets you got taken away. And I was so worried about it. I remember in the beginning of the year, um, I went to my math class and the, cl and the teacher that I had for this class was notoriously strict 
and oh my gosh i hated her <laughs> um but uh i remember i was making some noise with my my mouth i wasn't doing it on purpose it was just kind of like a like a thing that i was doing i was sitting there and i was just probably like like a like humming or like clicking inside my mouth and um i was going like probably something like like a maybe that might be much actually i don't remember what i was doing but i remember it wasn't a big deal but the teacher she she was hearing me and i guess it just finally got on her nerves and she was like who is making this noise and i i, I spoke up i was like oh i'm sorry that was me i didn't realize it and then she was like bring me your tickets and i was like whoa <laughs> i remember the tickets were such a big deal for me because I, I i didn't really ever get in trouble that much and I was like, oh, no, this is bad. And so the thing is, this school made us put everything in our lockers, like everything. We weren't allowed to bring anything except for stuff explicitly for that class we were going to. I don't remember why, um, but I know that school had a big strict policy about phones, so I bet it had something to do with sneaking phones into classrooms or something like that. But... Um, because of this, I didn't have my ticket sheet. It was in my backpack, in my locker, which was right across the hall, like right outside the door. But <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, I, I left my ticket sheet in my locker. It's right across the hall. Can I go grab that and get it for you? And she was like, that's two tickets then. And I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, Oh my gosh, I remember that so vividly. I remember bringing the tickets to her and then just sulking back in my chair and being so upset for the rest of the day. And um, I think halfway through the year, the teacher had a meeting um, with parents. Like the parents would come to the school and walk around and meet all the teachers. It was like this big event for some reason. And my dad came in with me and we went up to my teacher's rooms. We went to one teacher and the next. And when we got to my math teacher, the teacher, she looked at my dad, and she was like, Colin's the only kid I had to take tickets from on the first week of school. I took his, like, day one. And my dad looked at me, and he's like, what? What? Why? Why? And I, I and we walked outside the classroom, and I, I burst into tears. <laughs> I was so, like, upset by this. I was like, oh, no. Oh, this sucks. I've got... I was like, I was making a, a clicking noise with, 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 my, with my mouth, and I, I didn't. <laughs> my dad's like, Colin, what are you, are you okay? What's going on? Is, are you okay? And I'm like, and, and, and it was, she was annoyed, and I didn't even, I didn't even realize I was doing it, Dad. And I, <laughs> I'm such a fucking crybaby. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm such a crybaby. I still am a crybaby. Like, to this day. That hasn't changed, but I, it was it used to be way worse. But um, I, I explained it to him, and he's like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. But I, I, I was crushed by it. <laughs> and in my science class, whenever tickets would get, and she threatened to take my ticket away, I would, like, fake cry. And thinking back on this, this is so humiliating and embarrassing. I should have just let her take that ticket. Gosh, she has to call my dad and be like, your son was talking in class. What's the worst that's going to happen? My dad's going to be like, Colin, no talking in class. And that'll be the end of it. But she, she, would, she would go up to me and I'd be like, don't take my ticket, please. Please don't take my ticket. And I'd like put my head down and I'd pretend to cry into my arms. And ah, oh, that's so embarrassing. That is genuinely humiliating because I was in a full class of kids. <laughs> And I remember, like, they'd, they'd be like, Colin, are you, are you okay? And I'd be like, I'm fake crying. So I don't want to take my ticket. And <laughs> they'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> it worked every single time, which is the best part. It worked every single time. I played her like a fiddle. You know, I honestly don't think that she was going to take my tickets half the time. She's probably just threatening it. But I, I went for it anyways. I, I was so worried. But, um... Uh, back to the back to the dream. We were then sent on our way, but told that we weren't going to the field with the rest of the group. I never saw Caden again. That makes sense. I mean, they wouldn't send us to the field after after I just gave him a plan. 
Uh, I don't know why they let me keep my phone. I don't know why my first thought wouldn't be to, like, call the police myself. Maybe there was no cell reception or something. I don't know. I'm missing some details, but somehow this place kind of morphed into a nether fortress from Minecraft. I remember how it did that. I remember how it did that. I was walking out of the... Of the I was walking out of the uh, the council room, which was like a small room at the end of a hallway that was like a T-shape. It was at the intersection, and it was up like this staircase. It looks like the staircases they have um, at like school lunchrooms for like the stage. It's like, like a circle. Um, it led up to these double doors, and uh, that had windows in them, like square windows in each of the doors. And there was this like small like oval gray table like a like an oval shaped gray table that when you walk in it would be vertical not like up and down but like it would it would be from you to the wall like straight it wouldn't be like sideways so you'd walk in and you'd be at the end of the table and there was a bunch of old men sitting around it <laughs> and um i believed him they had like like a, like a board on the wall behind him and the room kind of stretched out on either side a little while, a little while ways. But when I left the room, I walked to the left. I remember that. And there's, it goes down the hallway and it took a left. Um, but as I was walking down, I realized there was a window at the end of the hall. And <laughs> with the, the trend that this dream follows, my first thought was, oh, I can get out of here. I can escape. Um, and so I walked up to the window. Now, I remember I smashed it. <laughs> I don't remember how I smashed it. I think I just like put my elbow through it or something. And I look out, and it's like this void, which is very strange because the dream started off in a forest. So we're in the void now. <laughs> it's like another dimension or something. And I look out, it's like this empty black void. And I look down, and there's just wall that just went all the way down. It's like this like pastel green wall because all this place is like pastel, right? But then I look up and I see <laughs> nether brick. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Minecraft doesn't play a role in my dreams very often, but occasionally it will. And this was a case of that. I remember looking up and I saw um, like a window uh, in the nether brick. And so I'm like making my way out of the window and like sitting on like like the like trying to like hold myself to the wall on this seal that was on the outside and i remember being like so scared i was like oh i'm gonna fall into the void but i i put my hands back up behind me and i climbed up onto the seal of the floor above and then i was in this this like nether fortress looking room that was had like a chest on one end had like a vhs like had like like an old like like one of those big like tube tvs or whatever they're called like the ones like square shaped with the like the bow to screen on the front um and it's it was it was very strange i, I went in uh let's, let's keep reading i had a diamond sword <laughs> Oh, oh, this is interesting. I had a diamond sword and I was walking through the hallway where I happened to find a small window with a ledge above it and an infinite drop below it. So it looks like I did remember it, but I'm remembering it differently now. It looks like now I'm remembering it still being in the pastel room when I left the, through the window, but in this one, it became Minecraft beforehand. <laughs> I use my sword to smash the window, oh that explains it, and I swing my hand over the top of the ledge and swing myself up to the second floor in an effort to escape. Man, I just fabricated all of that. I can't believe that. <laughs> I pull myself through a hole in the wall where I find the new netherite sword and a bunch of loot that is obviously trapped. <laughs> I wonder what it means for the loot to be obviously trapped. Like, was it like a trapped chest, or was there like tripwire or something? Just as I step into the room, a wall springs up behind me, and I'm trapped. Oh, I see through a window at the ledge of this room people walking through a hallway, much like the ones from the before, the pastel and toy-like. Okay, so I guess at the end of this room, there's a window that leads to the hallway that I was just in or like one on the floor above um and there's kids walking around 
We were still in the complex. In this toy room, I see an old TV with a tape player and a cassette on the floor. I put the cassette in the player, and I see a video, a man recording himself, about being stuck in this room like I was and not having any place to go. This guy was, like, like, like old. I remember that. Um, not like an old man, but, like, 30 or something. <laughs> the video cuts, and he's much older and dying. Okay, now he's old. He's very old. Um... The video cuts again, and he's a heap of bones and tattered clothing in the corner. Uh, and then in parentheses, I say, Despite the fact that there's no way the man recorded himself being a heap of bones, and it seemed to be an obvious setup from the people in charge to make me believe that I was stuck in here with no hope, it was very clear to me at the time that this was recorded by himself and not the group. So, uh, in my, my, my dream senses, I knew this, this, this video of this guy being dead was recorded by the guy who was dead. <laughs> For some reason. Um, uh, despite logic, right? I then take the netherite sword off the wall and begin poking my way back through the outside wall. And it works. Okay, so I guess I'm just stabbing the, the wall, right? I'm back on the ledge. Instead of moving to the room directly above me, where there was a clear way they would set up a trap, I shimmy my way to the right and climb up into a different room that looks like a nice white sheeted hotel room. Okay. Okay. See, I'm getting smart. Okay, so this wall that just sprang up obviously was pretty weak if I was able to just poke through it with a sword, right? But in order to avoid another trap, another trapped room, which obviously was the one directly above me <laughs> i shimmied to the side on the ledge and got up into the next one okay that's interesting i wonder i wonder why my brain went that way but as you can see this is like a really nice looking hotel room which in hindsight that would be more obviously trapped right like this one is designed to look really nice as soon as i climb inside the woman that got me in trouble earlier walks through the door and unsheaths her own sword. <laughs> oh my gosh, I completely forgot about this. Oh my gosh. She lunges at me, but I dodge to the right, up against the wall. Okay, she swings from the top right, and I pull out my sword and block. We're in a classic battle of strength, where both of our swords are pushing against each other, but I slide my sword towards the hilt and cut ew, deep into her index finger. Ow. She slides back and assesses the damage and becomes furious. <laughs> I move over to the open wall. She full sprint races towards me in an attempt to tackle me into the abyss, but I jump off before she gets to me. I grab onto the ledge right below me and save myself from the fall, but because she was in full sprint, she flies over me and is lost into the void. This is intense. This is intense. This is this is a, like a good fight scene right here. I climb back up and walk through the door she entered from. I find myself in this glowing neon room, and I have to draw a correct model to proceed out of the room. So it turns into like this game show thing. Somehow I get a message from one of my friends uh, named Sydney, who tells me to pick up the orange and white one. So I do. And then I wake up. So that's, this is where it gets kind of intriguing because I entered like a whole nother stage of the dream, right? I, I'm, I don't know much about dreams, but I do like to try and decode in some of this. So <laughs> we'll try it, we'll try it. So I, uh, we start off with Chase. We're in the, we're in the woods and I get tricked by a, another younger boy uh, into following him. We don't know this kid, right? I've never, probably never seen this kid in my life. You know what they say about people in dreams, how every single person you see in a dream is somebody that you've seen before in real life because your brain is terrible at coming up with faces. So what it'll do is it'll just grab... <laughs> it'll just grab faces from people that you've seen on the street or something like that and create a character I think that's so interesting I just think that's really fascinating which really starts to get interesting have you seen that like that um that photo that was like 
buzzing around the internet a long time ago with the caption, have you seen this man in your dreams, right? And it was this really like weird looking uh, headshot of this guy who was bawling and had a really wide face and thick eyebrows because that image haunted me for so long. I saw that when I was really young. Uh, that was crazy. I ended up making a version of that kind of similar recently, actually. Um, I drew this this little doodle of this person who had a forehead that was like the size of their face, right? A really big forehead and they were bald. And I put it into an editing software. Well, I just put it in like the software on my phone, right? And it, uh, it, I put some filters on it and stuff and it ended up looking super crunchy. Uh, if that makes any sense. <laughs> and uh, I ended up putting text on it that said, have you ever seen this man in your dreams? And this man was bold and right. And I crunched that text as well. So it was like this crunchy photo. <laughs> of this of this dude with a big forehead. Have you ever seen this man in your dreams? I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, but uh, uh, I think that's interesting because people say that they had seen that guy's face before in their dreams, which becomes even weirder considering your brain just it can't make up faces. Like if it tries to make up a face, it is really bad at it. So it just pulls faces from what you see in real life. So where did all these people see this man? I think that's interesting. I think dreams in general are really interesting when you can pull stuff like that out of your brain because where, where is your brain getting this stuff? It's coming up with all these crazy in-depth ideas that you would not have thought of regularly. Like, considering how, like, detailed that story was that I just read to you, where did that come from? <laughs> Obviously, it was pulling things from real life, but where did that come from? Like, I, I, a lot of that is completely fabricated. But, um, uh, oh my gosh, where was I? I was, I was getting into that van, right? Uh, and I, I, I wonder... Like, why the dream had me lured there instead of, like, me waking up there or something? It's like the brain was trying to warn me. Warn me. If you believe in that idea that uh, the brain in dreams are, like, warnings of future events to come, then that's kind of interesting, thinking about how that relates. Like, what happened there, Right. Um, <laughs> uh, was it trying to like warn me that somebody in the future would trick me? That's interesting because that happened later. I was tricked, but like I was led into like a like a sense of security or like a sense of intrigue, and then backstabbed. So I wonder if that, <laughs> if you believe that it foreshadows real life events, I wonder if that was like a like a foreshadowing thing or maybe it's just my brain being my brain and it has no correlation to real life which is probably the case but you never know um but then i was i was led to that van right and i was i was cuffed gagged blindfolded all that stuff <laughs> with with chase and chase is such a funny character i don't think he's ever going to hear this so i'm going to talk about him a little bit um this guy is one of the most interesting kids that i know probably the most interesting kid that I know um, is my age and I met him in eighth grade when I came to Texas we were in the same gym class and from from as soon as I met him even till now he is so over the top um, but only in specific ways like he isn't like generally energetic he's not outspoken or anything like that he's he seems pretty introverted but he's like got so much going on in his head he's always able to pull up these like ideas and things like that he's he's, he's got a lot of, he's, he's like he's got a lot of stuff going on up there it's cool honestly i find that really cool um he's got this fascination with like swords and stuff 
and being strong and being invincible. And I think that's really cool. He's got like this this thing that he he often does where he'll he'll like I used to have an English class with him in in my sophomore year of high school, um, where he'll like he'll like punch you or something, and then he'd be like, okay, punch me back, or like he'll like he'll like jab you in the stomach and he'd be like, okay, jab me back. And the thing is, I'm I I'm bad with pain, right? I'm so overdramatic when it comes to pain. So he'll, he'd like jab me in the stomach. I'd be like, ow, ah, that hurt. That sucked. Ow, why'd you do that? And he's like, okay, now jab me back. <laughs> and I wouldn't jab him back hard because I don't want to hurt the, I don't want to hurt anybody. But even if I did, he would have the same exact response if I hit him, hit him softly. He'd be like, that didn't hurt. Like hit harder. Come on, hit harder. It didn't hurt. And and it, <laughs> it's 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 so interesting because he he talks about having a really low pain tolerance. I mean, high pain tolerance. I'm the one with the low pain tolerance. He says that he has a uh, very high pain tolerance. So whenever he gets, like, poked or cut or hurt, he's like, oh, it doesn't hurt at all. It doesn't hurt at all. I don't feel that. Which I think is interesting, especially considering the fact that I am so bad with pain. <laughs> so that's interesting um, to see that play out differently with somebody else. But because of that and his fascination with, like, like hand-to-hand combat and like sword play and all this stuff and he's really good with a sword like he's got like nerf swords and stuff he's really good with them like he's he's got skill um it's it's funny how we were both able to be like subdued and tackled and ambushed well i guess it makes sense there's like a lot of people but chase would have fought back i don't know about me but chase would have fought back hard he would have gone tooth and nail i think that's really interesting how we were both caught up by that but we were both put into that van and we were taken. Um, I don't remember sitting in the van. Like, of course, I can fabricate an image in my head, but I don't remember it. I can't think of something that I actually see as memory of sitting in the van. So it might have been like sleeping or something where you just close your eyes and you open them. I was back. Uh, we were inside the facility. I remember... Like the entryway, I didn't speak about this much in the note document that I had there, which leads me to believe that this might also be some sort of fabrication in my head that might not have actually happened. But regardless, I remember it being like a like a protest site almost. I, I when I was in fifth grade, we took a field trip to this place. I don't remember what it was called, like Kid Town or something like that where we were each assigned a job, like a government role or something like that. And we were taken to this place that was like a, like a, like a, like a circle, like a circular, like a rectangular shape. They had a whole bunch of like rooms on either side and it was designed to look like the center of a big city. And you would be assigned some role right off the bat like you could vote for who would be mayor of this town one of my friends kellen uh got elected um and this is back in fifth grade so i don't know these kids anymore this was in california um but kellen got elected as mayor and i i had a job inside the city council as well i think i was the treasurer or something like that but it was interesting because we learned how to write checks and things like that but it was so strange and the building was so eerie it's like it's like all that like you've seen those photos on the internet right those those like compilations on youtube or tiktok where it's like oh these these photos are supposed to induce a sense of nostalgia um this is exactly like those like any of those photos that are like the like kids play places that are designed to look like buildings or something like that this is this is that spot on um i remember they would do interviews in like this newsroom that they had and they would project it onto like different TV screens all around the place. And I remember really wanting to be on the news. I remember really wanting an interview. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and, but I never got one because my job wasn't that important or at least it didn't stand out enough to be deemed as important. Not everybody got an interview, but the mayor would get an interview. Everybody else would get an interview. But the thing is, 
like a lot of newsrooms or like interview rooms, like I don't know, like the Today Show or something like that. No, not the Today Show. Whatever that like that weird one is that really like really puts me off. The one that has, I don't know, like the morning or something. Good Morning America. That's what it is. It's got like a glass wall on the back, right? Where people will go and they'll like hold up signs and they'll be like, hi mom or something like that. This had like a glass wall behind the interview place. And I remember as soon as I saw it come on again, I was like, okay, well, I'm not getting an interview. So I'm just going to run up and go be in the glass and like wave at the camera for a couple seconds to see if I can see myself on the TV and then be done. But the thing is, you can't run there. They treat running like speeding in your car. And so I ran over to the wall of glass and got whistled down by a kid that had like a police officer role. And they're like, here's your speeding ticket. And I had to go like sit in timeout or something, or I had to go do like a different job or something like that for a little while. It was, it was very interesting. (laughs) But I remember it had like a, like a place to go and take photos with like a whale. It was all like two story. I'm thinking about this. This place was really intricately designed. There was a room. I remember at some point I got bored with my job as treasurer or something like that. And so I went exploring to look at all of the different jobs that there were that there had that they had there. And I remember walking into like the newsroom and they had like a whole subsection for just like video editing and things like that. Um, I don't know what it actually did but I remember looking at the videos and seeing the kids on the computers just like like dragging and dropping videos and cutting them and things like that I think that was so interesting um and I remember going up the stairs and there was a bank right where you could get loans and things like that um and uh there was a room up in the top left upstairs where you could go and get a photo with like a sham like a shamu like 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 sculpture I wish I had my photo with it I so wish I had my photo with this Shamu sculpture it's very interesting I remember it very vividly now that I'm speaking about it but this entire place was so strange it had so much going on there were restaurants and grocery stores there was this oh my gosh I'm talking about this this reminds me of this children's museum in Texas I believe it's one here in Texas um, that I used to get taken to occasionally that had a section much like this off to the side. It had this detailed strip um, of road in, indoors, right, with like painted on sky and everything, just like the last place that had a whole bunch of different like businesses off to the sides. And you could go in and you could pretend to work there. Like, I could go in and be a grocery store clerk. I could go in and be a news broadcaster. I could go in and be a doctor or something like that. I remember when I would go there, I'd always want to be the kid that was doing the news. I always wanted to be the kid that was doing the news. I I would sit down with, like, a piece of paper, and, like, I'd look at the camera, and i read the teleprompter. Like, the text would go up the screen, and i have to read it, and looking at the camera. And I remember it being, like, such a challenge. <laughs> I remember it getting easier the more times that I would go there, but it was a challenge at first to read it before the text got all the way up the screen. And I remember, oh, I remember this. My grandma was there. And she was watching me do this. And when it started, it said, hello, this is, and then in brackets, it said your name, where you're, the kid is supposed to put their own name, like reading it as if they are, like it's addressing as them. <laughs> but me being like eight years old, I read it and I was like, hello, this is your name. And I went on to the story and my grandparents cracked up and for a second I didn't realize what why like because I was so focused with trying to read it before the text finished that I was not like processing what it was saying so it just skimmed through my brain and I just completely didn't realize the fact that I just read your name where I was supposed to say Colin I remember they had a um, an ambulance off in the road as well like like an ambulance like like right outside like the, like a fire house or something like that 
and they had a whole bunch of like toy paramedic uh, supplies and things like that. I remember they had like a table out in the middle, just kind of like a ambulance does, and the kids would sit on there and they'd like play doctor, and that's so interesting. Man, I haven't thought about this stuff in so long. It's such like an inter- like uh, such like an interesting concept. I wonder why there were so many places for kids to act like adults. Because there's that whole fascination with kids of wanting to be adults. Wanting to have their own job. Wanting to have their own car, their own lives, being independent. I think that's so interesting. Because, you know, I've heard, obviously, that it's some sort of, like, um, like a built-in thing where kids are, like... Uh, from like a, like an instinct or something like that, where, where like like children would need to have this urge to go out and live on their own, or else they wouldn't, and they needed to be able to mate and all that stuff, right? Like like this is back long, like prehistoric or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> there were no humans prehistoric. Um, when we were like cavemen or something like that, they had like this like instinct to want to be out on our own so that we could mate and procure the species and things like that and that carries forward even into today where kids like rebel as teenagers right because they want to be away from their parents they want to be on their own there it's like this biological need to be out on your own around like teenage but because of the way the world works you can't leave the house when you're like 13 (laughs) you can't go out on your own and live on your own because that's a huge responsibility and this world has become so complex that you can't just do that um so that's why there's this whole phase of rebellious teenager that a lot of parents have to put up with um i never really fit into that i never did that i was never a rebellious kid i'm 17 now which is interesting 17 that's so weird but i never had like a rebellious phase i think I just had so much, so many other things that I was worrying about. Um, I used to be like a popular kid in like, like early middle school, like sixth and seventh grade. I was some popular kid. I was so, so like busy trying to keep that up. I was worrying about all the other kids trying to be cool. Um, I was doing like a YouTube channel thing back then as well. Um, Just trying to put this stuff together. And... I, I was just stressing me out. I didn't do my schoolwork. Like, like I did most of it, but remember in seventh grade, I fell so far behind in math because I had no clue what was going on because I wasn't paying attention. I was playing like a car game in the back and I was talking with friends in the back and it was, I, I really wished I paid more attention. But um, because of that, I was so stressed and everything, and I was worrying about everything, all these other kids. I remember there was, ah, uh, oh, that school was so cool. I went to the school uh, up in California back when I used to live there called Meadowbrook Middle School. Uh, I think I can say that. And, uh, yeah, no one's going to listen to this. I can say that. I can say whatever I want. But there was, um, but I used to go to this middle school, and it was oh wow it was a big middle school and there's a thing with california middle school like california schools in general that you don't get from schools anywhere else like i remember when i when i first got to uh because i I lived in texas for like the first few years of my life and i'd go to like schools that were normal looking enough they had walls (laughs) they had walls in the hallways and like lockers and like a like a roof and on every part of it and Occasionally, it'd be multiple floored. None of the like, elementary or middle schools that I went to during that time were multiple floors, but they were, I mean, it was a regular building, right? You know, like how you see schools portrayed in like movies and things like that. But when I went to California, it's interesting because of the way because of the way that the weather is always like typically pretty good up there. They don't put walls on the hallways. And in large portions of the school, there's no roof. Like, of course, there's roofs and walls and the classrooms, right? But, the, like, for the large part of the school, you could just walk anywhere. You can walk diagonally across the whole school. 
there's no walls or anything like that. I mean, they they hold up a roof with some poles occasionally because it, occasionally it rains. Like once, like once in like six blue moons, a little light pour will come. So they have to take precautions for that. But in general, it, there's nothing there. So kids will just walk around and do whatever. And because of that, the campus was so sprawled out because this is a middle school, right? It's a lot of different kinds of classes, a lot of different kinds of teachers and kids. So it's they got a lot of space to cover, and a lot of a lot of classrooms is huge. And they had these big uh, like blacktops, right? And these big fields with like soccer and football. Uh, this huge track that went around another football field, and they had all these like different courts that were up like a staircase for like uh, tennis and things like that huge oh my gosh this place was massive i'm thinking about it now like it went up a hill to have half of its um to have half of its like athletic places like like the like the track and in the courts as i mentioned earlier were up like a whole other hill and there's like a staircase that would go up that was huge i remember sliding down it on my on the railing that was fun and you get in trouble if you did that but i would do it when no one was looking and it was fun um i had these like handball courts right next to the stairs as well those are really cool but um, where was I going with this? I don't know. But it, 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 it's huge, right? And um, I remember one thing that happened was on Tuesdays, school would start late in middle school, right? Because typically they start, I don't know, like when, like, I don't know, like 7.30 or something like that. On Tuesdays, they'd start at like 8, or like 8.30, or something like that and most kids you know reasonable kids they'd take that extra hour or so like 30 minutes to an hour as like extra time to sleep like sleep in a little bit get an extra hour of sleep don't have to worry about it too much but because my mom was a single parent um at this moment and uh she was holding like two or three jobs she didn't have like the option to like take us an hour later she had to get to work (laughs) and so she'd just drop us off at the school uh she dropped me off at the school Ari at this time was in elementary school so he went to a different school than I did but he'd he'd go and he'd drop us off and um the thing is a lot of kids would get to school at the regular time on Tuesdays because despite the fact we couldn't get onto school campus right down the hill was a 7-eleven and every middle schooler loves sweets and candies and everything like that as much as i did and so what we all would do is we'd ask our parents for like five bucks in the morning and then uh we'd get to school and we'd go and we'd walk down the hill there were two ways to get there you could either go down the sidewalk on the street and then take a take a right and then go down this big street on the sidewalk until you're right outside the 7-Eleven. Or you could do what the cool kids would do, which is something that I did, um, where you would take a right early and you would go up the hill. You would climb up this like staircase that wasn't like a staircase. It was like chips in the rock of this wall of like red clay. And <laughs> you'd climb up it. And then you'd be on this, like, flat plain of, like, dead grass and things like that. Like, imagine if, you, if you've seen, like, a California, like, a hill near, like, a industrial area, that's what it looked like. Well, you'd walk along that, uh, like, either on the dirt or in the storm drain right next to it along this, this uh, chain link fence. And you'd go for a little while. And then you there's a hole in the fence. Like, like the bottom of the fence was, like, brought up somebody cut it or something like that like bent it out of shape and so what you do is you'd get down and you'd crawl and you'd squeeze underneath the fence and then you'd like have to like like shimmy your way down this really steep like mulchy hill that was in the back of this like apartment complex and you do that and then you could walk down the hill a little while and then there's a 7-eleven you come out right behind it and that was always interesting that was always fun i love doing that that was cool but one time, <laughs> one time I was going with a, with a friend and we come through the chain link fence and in the storm drain right there is a homeless man uh, <laughs> just sleeping there. And it scared us so bad. We didn't scream. 
thank God we didn't scream, but we, we were just like, like, oh, we looked at each other, and we looked at this, this man who was sleeping there, and we're like, oh, oh, <laughs> we're like breathing so heavily trying to get out of there without waking him up. <laughs> That's it scared me so bad. I didn't go that way for like a week, like like a month or so. Because uh, I say a week, but we do it like once a week. <laughs> it's like a month or so. I, I just I was so worried about it. But eventually, I did it again, and um, because my mom worked so much back then, I had to go to an after school program as well. Um, so I had to go to a before school program and an after school program in order to do this. Um, because she had to go to work early and she got out of work late and um, in the before school program it was very like lax there wasn't much going on you'd get there and you were able to go through the gym and they had basketballs and that was it you could sit in the gym and you could shoot hoops with your buds or you could just kind of sit in the bleachers and wait which is what I did I wasn't a very athletic kid so I would sit there and I just be on my phone like my old iphone 4 with my spring trap uh five nights at freddy's phone case <laughs> that i got from Redbubble, and i'd sit there and i'd just mess around and just not do much and wait um i remember one time i brought my penny board <laughs> and i got in so much trouble i was riding it around at the gym and they got so mad at me um but the after school program was way more involved oh my gosh the after school program was way more involved it had this whole system of classes you could go to. So you finish up your five or six periods of the day that you attend regularly as a student in the school. And then after school program comes and then you get to attend more. You can go to the computer lab for like 45 minutes and then you go do something else for 45 minutes until your parents showed up, right? Uh, the first 45 minutes are always homework, right? Like the first 45 minutes to an hour, you'd sit there and you do homework. So they, they, they'd give you a lot of time for that, which was nice. I wish I took advantage of it, but I didn't. And I'd sit there and uh, this kid that I would sit next to, we would look at the periodic table of elements that was across the room. And we would we would just try to write messages to each other using numbers. So you'd have to look for the numbers. And you would piece together the letters that were associated with the element and try to form sentences. And the teacher we had was this such a, such a sweet lady. Such a sweet lady. Oh my gosh. Before I knew there was like a negative connotation to the R slur at all, um, she would be the person that would be like, hey, you, you don't say that, that's not very nice. I was a stupid middle schooler. Oh my gosh. Of course I don't say it, I haven't said it in years. But back then, I the kids that I knew and, and I would just mouth it off and get in trouble for it of course thankfully she at least she knew what she was doing and she'd stop us but she was such this, this sweet lady but she was very um very i don't know like like what's 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 a good term for it she was very like 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 cleanly or polite or like in her in her words and her mannerisms or something like that and it, she would get on to us if she knew we were writing like haha poop to each other in the periodic table of elements she'd get on to us just things like that and so we were like so secretive of it and we're like ah we're writing nothing we're doing nothing she's like are you writing messages to each other using the board and we're like no no it's just, we just we're just chilling <laughs> oh she was so sweet i'm i i really wish that i recognized that she was genuinely being nice there are a lot of people from around middle school that I wish that I had just taken a second to think about and realize how much they actually like did to help or how much they actually did to be nice or to to improve our situation and I wish I didn't take it for van take it to take advantage of it I wish that I took the time to properly think and acknowledge what these people did for me and other kids instead of just blowing by it Ugh. you know I'm always going to have these regrets so I'm planning on just not making any more regrets right and just being as nice and polite to as many people as possible and thanking everybody for everything and trying to take the time to acknowledge everything everybody does 
to improve my situation, uh, to improve how I think about things, to enlighten me on a subject or something like that. I, I, I love to just appreciate it and thank them and things like that because it does mean so much to me and I really wish I was on it earlier but regardless uh, uh, we, we'd sit in the computer lab there was this kid named Tommy uh, and there's this kid named Zach and there's a kid named Diego and a kid named Keo Keo or Kia I remember his Minecraft username was like Diamond Kia or something like that so I'm thinking might have been that or he might have had a regular name is that bad to say? Might have had a traditional name. Sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't think about what I said there. Might have had a traditional name. Um, but regardless, we'd all be playing Minecraft together in the computer lab. We'd, ha- we'd we'd make a world at the beginning of every year. I was there for two years, so you'd make me maybe I ended up making two worlds. Um, Tommy was a year older than me, so when I was in seventh grade, he was in eighth grade, and all that such. Uh, and we would we would play Minecraft together. We made Minecraft YouTube videos together, where uh, he'd record and he'd edit them and he'd upload them. And I wish, oh my gosh, I wish I still had access to these videos because they, they were such high production quality. This kid had an amazing computer at home, and it, it was just beautiful videos. And I was just a kid in them with bad microphone, of course. Um, I had a really hinky dinky laptop, and I tried to make YouTube videos about Minecraft myself. But my quality was always so terrible because my laptop couldn't do anything. So I just stuck to real life videos where I just record myself going around on my skateboard or something like that. And um, but during the during the computer lab, we set up a new world. I remember being it being this like really like in depth like thing where we would try to get as far as we could and make these beautiful structures. And Tommy was so good with command blocks. Tommy was amazing with command blocks. He'd be able to... Remember, he made a murder mystery map thing, like, just straight from, like, Hypixel. It was perfect quality. All the game mechanics were there. Everything was so well done. And we, and I would I would work with these kids to create maps because I could build. That's about all I could do. So I'd make, I'd make maps, these huge, detailed, like, castles and... Uh, and beaches and uh, towns that the kids would run through and it was so fun that murder mystery game was so fun we'd get the entire computer lab in on it everybody would want to play murder mystery on Tommy's computer he brought this like three terabyte drive to school every day that had the map on it so it didn't matter which computer he sat at he'd be able to whip up the murder mystery map and we could all play together it was so fun it was so fun. Ah, remember that so well. There used to be in like this, like the loading, the lobby area for it. After we'd finished round, before the next one started, we'd all get teleported to this like mossy stone room. Uh, and I remember it being a thing where everybody would try to get up into the top corner, and we we couldn't hit each other because Tommy's good with commands and he could turn that off. But we'd all like get up into like the top corner and we tried to fit like, like we could see who get the highest in the back area of it using the vines, and it, I remember that that was pretty cool. Um, and you could try to get like each other's heads. I think whenever somebody died, they dropped their head. So you, oh, excuse me, everybody would try to get their head. That was fun, um, but uh, yeah, we we we'd do that. And there's another classroom, another class that I would go to. Um, this is this is one of those people that I I wish I thanked. There's two people in this class in this class that I wish I thanked. There was the teacher, and there was one of the students. The teacher was named Mr. Nate. Such a sweet dude. Oh my gosh, he was the head custodian of the school, and he had so much knowledge about airplanes, right? I think he went to pilot school. But he just didn't go through with it for one reason or another, and so he became a head custodian of this middle school in California. But he was so into this. He loved talking about airplanes. He loved teaching us about airplanes. I learned more in that class than I did in regular school. 
just because I liked to listen to this guy talk about it. Because I, I cared so much about what this guy said. He was so good at it. And at the end of every year, there'd be this award ceremony where you could go in and everybody would dress up nice and give you a little certificate that he printed out. It was like, hey, you did good. It wasn't like tests or anything. There was a test when you first got in. Yeah, so he did, the, he did this thing, right? He wanted to ensure that whenever you showed up, you wanted to be there. He wanted to make sure that you weren't just a kid looking around trying to find a class to fill his time with while he was in after school and that you were going to go in and goof off in his classroom. So he, what he would do is as soon as you walked in, if you were a new face, if he had never seen you before, he would give you this paper, right, that had a, like, had a bunch of questions on it that were like, what's your name? How are you? Like, is your day going good? Like, 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 it would start off with some nice things on it, like that. But then it would get into do, how much you know about airplanes. Do you like airplanes? Do you like air science? Do you like uh, space? Do you just like things like that? D to try and probe and see if the kid wanted to be there. And then it would be like, how seriously are you going to take this class? Do you want to be here or are you just goofing off? Because you wanted to weed out these kids that weren't going to be there to... to have fun and it didn't matter if you were bringing in a friend like if you went to this class regularly and you would bring in a friend or something like that you would quiz everybody to make sure they wanted to be there because he cared so much about this material he wanted to make sure that you did too and that you weren't obviously just gonna, gonna goof off and um i loved how the classes would start off in the beginning of the year as like a genuine class where we learned about different terminology for the planes. We learned about the angle of the tack, the different pieces, the fuselage, the wings. The uh, <laughs> I forget a lot of it now. He gave us this disc that was like a converter of different fuel pieces um, or measurements that were used in airplanes. And it was this big thing to figure out how to use it. I remember studying for this class more than I did regular classes, I would go in and he'd be like, okay, well, today we're going to learn about phonetics. Um, I'll, and the thing is, I can do every single phonetic now because of this class. This is, his class is the only reason that I could remember phonetics. I've got, let's see if I can do them right now. I'm probably going to mess up after saying that, but <laughs> let's try. Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo, Foxtrot, uh, Golf. I thing is, I'm messing up because I don't know the alphabet. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H is hotel, I is India, H, I, J, J is Juliet, J, K, K is Kilo, uh, L is Lima, uh, L, M is Mike, uh, N is November, O is Oscar, Elemento, P, P is, oh, God, what was P? I can't, I can't for the life of me. Probably like, like Pinto or like something like that. Um, A, B, C, D, F, G, H, J, K, L, N, O, P. Q was Quebec. Q, R, R was, oh, Romeo. R, A, B, uh, Q, R, S was, S was Sierra. Uh, Q, R, S, T was Tango. Uh, T, U, U was, wow, what was U, like umbrella? No, it was uniform, uniform. U was uniform. Uh, <laughs> U. V was uh, Violet. Or Victor, one of the two. Uh, w was, oh gosh, oh no, what was W? <laughs> uh, can't remember. Uh, X was X-ray. Y was Yankee, and Z was Zulu. And the only reason I hit my bed, only reason I can remember those is because of his class. Because he would quiz us on those. He'd go through them and he'd be like, "Okay, what's 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 Q? What's R?" And we'd have to we'd have to be able to say them. And it was this big deal, and it was so much fun. And I remember sitting outside uh, the, the school, like in the mornings or like after the classes, running through them all in my head, trying to remember them all, so that I'd be ready for the next day when I'd go in and learn about them. I didn't do that for algebra. I didn't do that for science. I didn't do that for English. I wanted to know about planes. And before this, I never had a big fascination with planes, but he, he gave it to me. It's because of his class that I learned about this fascination. He developed it. He instilled it into us. 
And I loved how <laughs> the classes would start out in the beginning of the year as that very strict, um, we're learning today kind of thing. And by the end of the year, they would devolve into <laughs> um, <laughs> just watching space documentaries and movies about uh, spaceships and kids with rockets and things like that. But it was regardless of what we were learning in that day, it was always such an interesting class because the teacher made it interesting. <laughs> it's such a fond memory I have. That was really cool. He made, he made like a like a like a slideshow at the end of the year with all of our photos, uh, and I loved that. We'd play board games. Uh, he played this one board game that he liked a lot. Uh, I forget what it was called, but you would sit there and all around in a circle and there the board game had like a bunch of ships on it and you can move depending on the number that you rolled on the dice or something like that and you'd go and then you'd have to um like drill for like money or something like that like it was it was like partially electronic and it would randomly like set like a number and you had to go to a square and you every single square had its own number some didn't have treasure some went some uh had treasure but you had to get to the bottom you had to like roll or something like that to go all the way to the bottom and you had to reach the treasure and you had to make it up before you ran out of breath or something like that and it was very interesting i liked it a lot that was a lot of fun but that's cool i love how people can be like that i love how people can instill a whole new sense of set of values on some random group of middle schoolers just because they care about it so much man i i really wonder how he's doing i really hope mr nate is doing good very great guy very great guy all right well i think that's the end of this episode of what are we calling this i don't know if i'm going to change it later so i'm not going to mention the name <laughs> that's the end of this episode that was fun you know i think i'm probably going to do another one this was really cool i like talking about that kind of stuff um all right well thank you guys for tuning in uh i will see you guys next time maybe <laughs>